0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Let's Talk Low Vision, brought to you by the Council of Citizens with Low Vision International. My name is Dr. Bill Takeshita, and this evening, we're going to talk to you about how to handle your money and your banking having low vision. You know, one of the things that I really wasn't certain if I was going to be able to perform accurately was to handle my bookkeeping, my banking. And handle my investments. As you all know, when you are dealing with money, it's very, very important that you're able to see all the figures clearly, or you have to put the decimal point in the correct place. But if you have low vision, or if you're totally blind, this is something that could be very, very challenging and very, very difficult. So tonight, we're going to go ahead and review some of the most basic aspects about handling your Money and banking needs, and later towards the end, we'll open it up to all of you, so that you could share some of the things that you have learned for yourself. That works very, very well. Now, this particular podcast recording, it is being recorded by Airs LA, and it will be available at www.airsla.org, and that's www.airs And it will also be up at the CCLVI webpage at www.cclvi.org later this week. So, the first thing that I want to talk about is just how do you identify currency? I know that this is something that for some people it seems very, very automatic to be able to read what is the denomination of the currency. But when a person begins to develop a blind spot in their vision or that they may have reduced contrast, it could be very difficult to determine whether or not that that bill you have just given somebody is a $1 or if it's a 10 or maybe even a $100 bill. Now, one of the things that I have found to be very, very helpful is to simply look If you look at the picture of the face of the person on the bill, that often makes it much easier to identify. In other words, many times that the picture of the face of the president on the bill is often larger and that makes it easier to identify, or there might be other characteristic features that make it a bit easier. So for example, if you're going to be looking at a one with George Washington, That face is very easy to differentiate as compared to a $5 bill that has Abraham Lincoln. Another thing that you have probably noticed is that most of today's currency actually has larger numbers on the different corners of it. So if you turn the bill over and you look at the different corners, you'll notice that there are larger numbers, which makes things much, much easier to see. If you still have difficulties identifying your currency, even when you look to have looked at the larger numbers, you then can use different types of magnifiers. One of the best types of magnifiers that's easy to keep in your purse or pocket are what are called LED illuminated hand magnifiers, and the LED stands for light emitting diode. Now, the main benefit of these particular types of magnifiers are that they provide a very bright light, which increases the contrast of the number you're looking at. Number two, they have a high level of magnification. They have a range of magnification all the way from 2X all the way up to 14X. And number three is the price of these are really very, very affordable you can purchase these types of LED magnifiers for around $50. And this is going to be much, much more affordable as compared to purchasing a pair of bifocal glasses. Or many people purchase the no-line bifocal glasses, and these could be as much as $1,200 for one pair of glasses. And the no-line bifocal types of glasses that are so expensive nowadays they really don't provide much magnification at all. In other words, the amount of magnification that you may obtain from that form of a magnifier might be 1.5x. It only magnifies things about 1 and one half times, whereas if you're using these types of magnifiers, it could magnify things up to 14 times. So, once you have been able to identify your currency visually, you could then take the time to fold your currency in the way that maybe you have been taught by your doctor or your teacher. One of the things that we do is that if you have a $1 bill, we usually will tell you to keep the $1 bill unfolded. In this way, it will be a full sized currency bill that you could stick right into your wallet. If you then have yourself a five dollar bill, you will then fold that the lengthwise so it would be half the size of the one dollar bill. If you then fold it again, that would then become your ten dollar bill. And if you have a twenty dollar bill, we say to fold it lengthwise so that it becomes very, very short. It will extend the entire length of your wallet, but it will only be about one inch tall. So once you have identified your currency and you have sorted it in this way, it makes it very, very easy for you to locate which denomination of a bill that you're looking for. Now, other people may also prefer to do things a little bit differently. Some people will say I will keep my $1 bills inside my my wallet, but my 5s and my 10s and my 20s, I'm going to keep them in different pockets just in case somebody tries to pickpocket me. They won't be able to take all of my money that way. And I'll never forget the time that I was in Las Vegas. I was waiting outside the restroom for my friends and family who were in the restroom. And a gentleman came up to me, and he must have obviously seen that I had a cane. And he offered me a beer. And I said, no, that's all right. I'll go get my own beer. You know, we're here in the casino. And I said, uh, I could get my own, but thanks, just the same. And the next thing I could feel, he was going towards my back wallet. And I said, please don't try to do that. I could feel you. You're grabbing my wallet right now. He said, no, I'm not. That's not me. That's not me. And I grabbed his hand, and yes, in fact, he was trying to grab my wallet. And I said, you know, I really don't want any trouble, and I don't want trouble for you. I said, you know, people are here for vacation, have a good time. You know, I've worked really hard to save money to bring my family here, so don't try to do this. Why don't you just go and enjoy yourself? And he then left. I recalled from that point in time that no matter what your situation is, maybe you are blind or low vision, or maybe you're in a wheelchair, people often will look at the person with a disability and try to steal money from them. So you may want to, again, put your money in different pockets just so that you don't have all your money in one place. I cannot tell you. How many times patients of ours at the Center for the Partially Sighted have had their purse or their wallet stolen and all the money has been taken? Now, another type of thing is what if you are a person who is totally blind or very, very low vision and it's very, very slow for you to try to identify currency with your eyes or with a magnifier? Well, there's a couple of really great solutions out there right now. And one of them is a device that is called the I-BILL. It's a letter I and then B-I-L-L. This device is about the size of the pagers. You might remember how everybody was carrying pagers before. So it's on the order of about one inch wide by about one and a half inches tall and maybe a half inch deep. Now this particular device is really, really great because all that you do is you take the bill that you have, insert it in the slot, and it will then tell you if it's a one, a five, a ten, a hundred dollar bill. And this is something that will then allow you to fold your currency very quickly and sort it. This also works very, very quickly if you're getting change at the grocery store and you want to make certain that they didn't short change you. You could simply place the bill inside the eye bill, and it will read it. Now, about three years ago, when it first came out, it was truly the most popular device that most people with low vision wanted, and it was really quite affordable. It was $99. People were just lining up to purchase this. But at the present time now, you could contact different organizations, such as the National Federation of the Blind or the American Council of the Blind, and they can help you to acquire one of these iBills at no charge. So that is something that is fantastic. What I use today is I personally have the iPhone, but if you also have an Android cell phone, there are applications that you could buy, and these particular programs are going to be stored in your cell phone And basically, all you do is you tap onto the icon that would say the program, you hold the phone right over the bill, and it immediately will tell you what is the currency. It not only reads American currency, but it could also read other foreign currency. This particular solution is even faster than the iBill, so that you could have many different bills there and just put the phone over on top of it, and it will read each one. The one that I use for my iPhone is called the LookTel Money Reader, and this is a, a device software that works very, very well on the iPhone, and it was very affordable. If I'm not mistaken, it might have been $9, or perhaps it was less. Now, there are also others that are available for even as low as $1. So you could basically try these if you do have an iPhone or you have an Android phone and see how these work for yourself, but they work very, very well. So that's the first thing about identifying your currency. The next thing is that you may then feel the need to identify the coins that people give you for your change. And this is something that's quite simple to do as well. The first thing to do is to feel the edges of the coin. If it is rough, then you know that the rough edges, it is either a quarter or it's a dime. So that's a very quick way that you could identify which are the quarter or the dime. And obviously, if it's larger, you could identify a quarter pretty easily just by the size. And if it's smaller, you then know that it's a dime. If the edges of the coin are smooth, what I then try to do, if you do have vision... You could often simply look at the color. The copper penny is really quite different in visibility as compared to that of a nickel. But if you don't have the vision, you could still also differentiate the two by the size. The nickel is larger and it's also a little bit thicker. So that's another quick way that you can identify your coins. Now, if you want to be very, very organized, there are some really nice wallets. And these wallets will allow you to sort your coins in a slot. So if you know you need a quarter and two dimes and a nickel, you could pull out one quarter, two dimes and a nickel by just sliding it out of a slot very, very quickly. These types of wallets also make it easy for you to sort your folded currency. Now, these particular types of wallets are available at different low-vision agencies, whether it is the Braille Institute. Or if it's going to be through a catalog, there are different catalog locations that you can get these types of wallets as well. Now, what if you are a person who doesn't necessarily feel the need to use currency that often, but you would prefer to use a credit card or a debit card to charge things? This is something that's very, very important to do. And I feel it's very important that you understand that. These two cards that look like credit cards are actually very different. The one card is called a debit card. And many times when you open a bank account, they will say, we're going to give you an ATM card. And this is the card that will allow you to withdraw money from the ATM machine outside of our bank if we're closed. They also tell you that you could use it if you're going to a convenience store or you're going to go to a restaurant, or you're going to go and just buy some groceries. Now, the advantage of the debit card is that it is a card that allows you to simply give it to the cashier, and they will deduct the amount of money that's owed. So it's very quick, and it's a way that the merchant will get paid very, very quickly. But I do not recommend that any of you use the ATM card to make a transaction at the grocery store or a restaurant or anywhere. The reason for this is that with these debit cards, if another person gets hold of your debit card or if they get hold of your password on that debit card, they can actually make copies of your ATM debit card. And when they do that, they could clear out your entire bank account in a matter of seconds. And when they do do this, there really isn't a whole lot that you could do about it. So I had a friend who had about $3,000 in his checking account, and he had one of these ATM cards. What he didn't know was that there was a person sitting in the car in the parking lot across And that person had a pair of binoculars. And when he was actually entering in his password, that person was able to see what the password was with the binoculars. And he then created a duplicate ATM card and cleared out all of his money. There was nothing that he could do to get his money back. So the benefits of using the ATM card is primarily that. If you do have to withdraw money from your ATM machine, you will need to use that particular card to remove some cash. But if you are going to use an ATM card, I strongly recommend that you get as close as you can to that keypad so that if somebody is watching you from across the way with a pair of binoculars, that they cannot see that. Secondly, if you are going to use the ATM machine, I recommend that you, if at all possible, you go to a place that would be very safe to use the ATM. When I need to get cash, I don't go to the bank to get the cash if the bank is closed. If the bank is closed, I go to the police department. Most police stations will have an ATM machine and you could use the ATM machine inside the police department very safely to withdraw cash. And in many situations, nobody would know that you're going in there to withdraw cash. But if you are going to make a transaction, let's say that you're treating friends and you want to treat them to dinner, it is much better to use your credit card and not the ATM card. The reason for this is that the ATM card, again, does not protect you if somebody steals from it. But if you have a credit card say it's a Visa or MasterCard, credit card, and somebody steals from it, or somebody is able to get your credit card number for some reason, and if they purchase something from it, you usually are not going to be responsible whatsoever. This reminds me of a trip. I went to Montreal for the Low Vision Convention in 1999, and we went to a nice restaurant I said, This is wonderful. It's a wonderful dinner. And that was the first place that we ever used a credit card in Canada. The waiter came out and told us what the bill was, and he swiped the card right in front of us. I said, Wow, that's a really nice device. You don't have to take my card into the back. He says, No, we could do it right here. He said, Just go ahead and sign. I signed, and then we went back to our hotel. Well, later that night, I received a phone call about one hour later, and it was my credit card company calling me on my cell phone. And they said, we just want to check. There's some suspicious transaction here, and it's for $13,000 here in Europe for some speakers. Did you just purchase speakers in Europe? I said, no, I'm here in Montreal. I just had a nice dinner here. They said, yes. We do see that transaction, but one minute after that, there's a transaction for these speakers. I said, oh no, I did not purchase any speakers. And I asked them, am I going to be responsible? They said, nope, you will not be responsible because this is a Visa gold card and we are now able to trace who did this and you will not be responsible. So the point to this long little lesson here is... Do not, do not use your debit card to make day-to-day transactions, but definitely do use your credit card to make those transactions because if somebody gets hold of your credit card, you most likely will not be responsible for paying that back. Another really good benefit to make your life a lot easier if you are going to be paying bills is also to use your credit card. You know, when you do call your credit card company, it's very, very easy. I have found it to be very easy to ask them for a gold card. If you ask for a gold or a platinum card, they give you more protection and other types of services. And one of the things that I have also found to be very, very effective is that if they ever send you an annual fee increase, So that they say in order to use this gold card for next year, there will be an annual fee of $50 or $100. I have learned simply to call up the credit card company and you then want to speak to the cancellation department. And you talk to the people at the cancellation department and say, you know, I really like this card, but I want to cancel because I do not want to have to pay this annual transaction fee. And usually what you'll soon find to happen is say, well, thank you. You know, we really value you as a customer. We want to keep you as a customer. And as a favor to you, we will void that annual membership fee. But this is important because it could be any place between $50 to $100 per year. Another thing that I like to do is that with these particular types of credit cards, you might recall how they often earn points. For example, the card that I use most often is a credit card that is for one of the airlines. And so every dollar that I spend, it earns points for mileage. And that allows me to travel different places that I need to. Well, what I have found was that it was very difficult for me to receive the mail, try to read it, write a check, put it in the mailbox. And I also didn't like the fact that postage was becoming so expensive. So what I did is I called these major companies that I had a bill with. I called my mortgage company. I called the telephone company. I called the water and power. I called all of them and I told them that I wanted to set up a plan on my credit card so that my credit card would pay A set amount each month and the set amounts I wanted to be above that that my average bill usually is. So by having my credit card pay that automatically, it made it so that I no longer would have to write these checks every month. The second advantage of it was the fact that it also would accumulate these points for mileage and other types of gifts. And number three, there was never a problem of the check not getting there. I have had times where I put a check in the mail and they told me for some reason the check didn't make it there. I said, how could that be? I put that in over two weeks ago. They said, we haven't received it. With a credit card payment, that money is delivered electronically and there's a track record of it right away. So it does many things. It avoids the time to write the checks. You never will experience a late payment because it will not be there late. It also earns you these types of points. And lastly, what makes it very, very good is that it makes it much easier for me to do my taxes at the end of the year. Because my particular credit card, it will organize all of the different things that I have purchased. So, for example, it will write down how much I have spent on mortgage, how much I have spent on utilities, how much I have spent on each of these different categories. So when I do my taxes at the end of the year, I send in that final statement that I print at the end of the year, and I give that to my accountant, and everything is there organized. And this makes it nice because then I don't have to go through all of my bills and go ahead and add them up every month. So that is something that I really, really like. Is there a disadvantage to using the credit card in that way? I would say there's a slight disadvantage. And that disadvantage is that if you are overpaying a slight amount, then there may be certain months that maybe your telephone bill was and I paid $50 for the month, some people might say, well, that's $3 that you could have had in your other account gaining interest. But to me, I have set it up to the point where it is really at that average and it really doesn't make that much of a difference, but it makes my life so much easier. Another thing that I do is that when I did have vision one of the things that was extremely helpful was to have a video magnifier, also known as a closed circuit television. Having a closed circuit television makes it so easy where you could put your bills underneath the closed circuit television and you could see each transaction. And it's very, very important to go through each transaction because there are many times there will be a small transaction that you thought, well, maybe I did buy this. But in reality, you really didn't. For example, many times you might go to a gas station and fill up the car with gas. And then you may notice after you filled it up with gas, there's another transaction for $6.35 or $8, something that's very small, and you sort of just look over it. But I have found that many times Those small transactions are the ones where people who are hanging out at the gas stations, people hanging at the convenience stores, they are actually watching and they purchase small item purchases with this and they often don't have those reported because it's so small. Another thing is that if you do pay your monthly bills for your telephone, your cable, your mortgage, all of those things on your credit card. Those items that are going to be on that credit card are listed in that type of sequential order. So for me, I use one gold card to pay all of those types of bills, and then I have one other credit card, which I use to pay for these other daily types of transactions. So as a result, there should not be any of these miscellaneous types of transactions on my gold card. But on my regular card, I will see things that are being charged at the grocery store or at Walmart and so on and so forth. So overall, it makes it very, very easy to do that type of checks and balance. Now, if you are a person who also likes to write checks, or there's times that you do need to write checks to people, maybe it's some of your employees, I have found that it's very, very helpful to use laser checks that you could print on your home computer. You know, initially I thought, oh gosh, this is gonna be a hassle. I don't wanna do it because I'm gonna have to get the checks out of the drawer and put it into my computer and print it. But in reality, the software that comes with these particular types of check programs makes your accounting very, very easy. You could install that software into your computer and if you have a screen magnification software program such as Magic or Zoom Text, you could then magnify what you see on the screen, and it makes it very, very easy for you to keep track of who you are writing checks to, the amount of the check, and you could then very easily categorize it. So this might be for a carpenter or a plumber or another craftsman. When you're writing other types of checks that might be related toward your accounting or your lawyer or other types of expenses, you could create another category. So at the end of the year, you print this one out, and it's going to organize all the money that you spent for different categories of expenses, and you give that to your accountant. You give your Visa card. Summary at the end of the year to your accountant, and your taxes are pretty much finished. There isn't that much that you then have to complete because it makes it very, very organized. You may also know that if you are going to write checks on the computer and you are totally blind, you can use programs such as JAWS or Window Eyes and very easily, very quickly write these particular types of checks have them printed out, and you're ready to go. So I have not found there to be those types of difficulties, whether you're using a screen magnification program that will magnify what you saw on your computer screen or the type of program that is going to talk aloud. Now, what if you're a person who spontaneously, at times, you do have to write checks, and you're saying, I have to be able to write the check myself. I can't carry a computer with me. There are also large print checks that are available. If you go to any bank and you ask them for free large print checks, they will provide those free large print checks for you. There's a few really nice benefits of the large print checks. Number one, the lines that you're supposed to write on are raised. So if you're a person like me who's totally blind, I could feel the top line, and that would be pay to the order to, and you write it in. And then the next box over there is going to be the date, and you put in the date. You could literally use your finger to feel the lines to know where to begin and where to end writing. So this will be a way that you will be able to record who you're writing a check to, how much it is for, and what it's for. I also recommend that when you're doing this, that you you do use these types of felt pens. The felt pens, they write very bold, so it's easier for you to read. Now, some people say, I don't like it. It doesn't look as good because it's too bold. But you know what I say? I don't care what my writing looks like, as long as that it's the right amount and the person accepts it. You know, this isn't going to be a calligraphy award. I just want to pay that person that I owe. And you could then also record it in the check register. There's enough space that you could write things very large, and you could record who you wrote the check to, what was the check number, what was the amount, and what it was for. If you prefer, you may also simply use an audio recorder. One of the really nice and affordable audio recorders that's available is called the Wilson. I think the Wilson is about $29 or so. And what's nice about the Wilson is that you press a button and you simply are going to write down today's date. You might say it's December 16th, 2014, and I wrote a check for $100, and this is to CCLVI and you can record all the checks that you wrote in here so that you then have a good record of it. When you get back home, you could go onto your computer, press the button, and then you could then type in what are those checks that you wrote. So that makes it very, very nice and very, very easy. Now what about going to different banks? Are there certain banks that seem to be more helpful than others? And, you know, I really find this to be very dependent on the individual branch. I cannot say that I have found a particular chain has always been better than others. But I have found that by going into a particular branch and meeting with the manager, asking them, would you have staff here who could help me to set up an account? Would you have staff who could help me? To get into my safe deposit box. You know, I am blind and I might need help at times. Is your staff able to help? I have found by going into different branches and asking the manager that, that is how I have found banks that I bank with. And I have found these banks to be extremely helpful. There has never been a time that they have not been helpful. In some cases, it's almost a little bit embarrassing because there'll be certain times that I go there and I'm waiting in line, and the manager will take me to another window and he'll ask a teller to open up. If you do that, you then have an understanding that this manager really wants your business and they will do those things that you want. You can ask for the large print checks. Ask them for a stamp. So when you receive checks, you don't necessarily have to sign it. You could just stamp them very quickly. Ask them for a free safe deposit box. Ask them for the assistance of a person who could help you with setting up your retirement accounts. And these people will be very, very, very helpful. I have also asked them to teach me how can I use the computer to check my account? Or how can I use a computer to transfer money from one account to another? And they have been able to do that very, very, in a very friendly manner. Now, me personally, I, at this point in time, still prefer not to do my transactions over the Internet. I still would rather do things using these credit cards. But I have used the computer to make certain types of transactions, or to shift money from one account to another. Now, what about the topic of investing? I'm certain that many of you have been putting money away in different accounts for investing. And this is something that is also very difficult to do if you have reduced vision. For example, maybe you're the person who wants to study a stock and the stock's performance. Or maybe you are a person who likes to study the charts of these mutual funds. Well, if you are low vision, I would say there's many things that are very, very effective, things that are very, very helpful. One of the things that I have found is that by talking to these brokerage accounts, you could find out who is going to be very helpful. I went into different brokerage houses, the discounts, and I asked them, Is there somebody here who could help me if I have questions or I'm trying to learn how to use your software program? I am partially sighted and I can't see everything very well, but I want to learn to do this myself. There have been certain brokerage accounts. I personally am using Charles Schwab, and they have been very, very helpful. When you do open up some of these types of accounts, what you will find is that Almost every bit of information that you need is on the web. It is on the Internet. And if you are going to use a screen magnifier or a screen reading software program, you can read all of that kind of information, and it's right there. I found it to be very helpful to call them, and they could also tell you. If there's something in particular you're looking for, they can tell you the quick way to find it, and you could then lock those pages into your keyboard with this particular type of shortcut. I have also found that these particular types of screen magnification programs, they also work very well if you're going to be reading charts. You could change the colors of the background and the different text and that can make it much easier for you. If you're going to look at what are called the moving averages for example, that would be a very easy way that you could still use your remaining vision to be able to look at these charts. However, if you are a person who likes to study charts, but you are totally blind, I have not found a solution yet that allows me to very quickly look at different charts and graphs. I have played around with the ideas of trying to do tactile graphics but it wasn't something that was as quick and as easy as as I wanted to. So I have come up with a, a different type of solution for myself with investments. And I have found a college student. And the whole idea here was twofold. Number one, to have a person who had sharp vision and a strong interest in learning about investing to look at this information and share this information with me. So I have estimated that it would take two hours a day for this person with strong vision to look at the information that I wanted that person to look at and to then share it with me as a message over my cell phone. And I would pay this person, a, I thought, a very, very fair fee. I'm paying the person $15 per hour. And based on what particular types of profit that we make, then I share a percentage of the profit with that person. This is a way that this person who is very motivated will continue to want to learn what is the model of investing that we use. And this is something that could be used for individual stocks, mutual funds, or bonds. And that person will hopefully remain highly interested in And this will be something that will be very, very effective for him or herself in the future. So all in all, there are many, many different types of tools and pieces of equipment that allow us to be very, very successful and independent with money and banking. I think that if you have a large print or a talking calculator, these could be purchased for about $20.00. It's a very, very worthwhile investment. If you have a home computer, you can then access screen magnification programs. The two most popular are AI Squared, ZoomText, and Freedom Scientific Magic. They actually have free demonstration versions of these programs that you could try at no cost. And you could use them for a long time, but you just have to reboot your computer, I think it's every 40 minutes. If you are a person who cannot see and you need the computer to talk to you, you can then run versions of Freedom Scientific JAWS or Window Eyes, and there are also ways that you could use demonstration versions of these at no cost. And again, feel free to speak to the manager of your bank or your investment house, so that they could show you different things that might be very very helpful for you. I have found that their their knowledge of different models and techniques to invest money is just incredible. It's so much more than I could ever know, but they're definitely very very comfortable in sharing a lot of these bits of information with you. So we have about 10 minutes left, and I'd like to open up the lines so that if any of you have other suggestions that are related to money, banking, investing, with low vision, that you could share those. Or if anybody has any questions, I'd be happy to answer them. So at this time, uh, let me ask you to unmute your phone by pressing star six. And we could open up discussion. Okay, does anybody out there have a comment or a question or a recommendation?
1: Bill, this is Tom from Wyoming.
0: Can you hear Hi, me? Hi, Tom. Yes, sir. Loud and clear. It's, hey, Tom. Let me tell you something. It's great to have you back on these calls. It, it really is a blessing. Thank you.
1: Thank you. One of the problems, and I don't do all of our all of our uh, financial stuff here at home. My wife does it all. But a lot of times she'll put stuff on my desk, and I end up fumbling through papers and papers and papers. And even with the CCTV, it becomes very awkward and cumbersome to work with financial uh, papers. And I'm wondering if there isn't a a quick and easy way to help a person organize volumes of financial papers.
0: Yes. Yes. And are, are most of these um, things that you receive in the mail or are these receipts from after she has gone shopping or a little bit of both?
1: A little bit of both, Bill.
0: Okay. Yes, you know, what I have found, Tom, to be the easiest thing that I have is that there are these, these folders that you can purchase at any kind of stationery or office supply store, and they're almost like an accordion. And what happens is that they have a section for letter A to B. The next one is C-D-E-F. And whenever there is mail that comes in, I have this particular folder right near the counter where our mail comes in. And when my wife opens the mail and reads it, or if I open the mail and scan it and read it, when we are finished with it, we then put it right into that accordion folder. And we put it in order so that it is going to be that the newest, the most recent one that we received is going to be in the back. So when we take them out, they're already in that type of sequential order for taxes and things like that. And then for the other types of receipts that we might get when we go to get breakfast in the morning, <laughs> in the car, they're a similar, smaller type of uh, accordion folder, and that one is the one that we use just for receipts, so if it's going to be our breakfast, or it's going to be lunch, or it's going to be gasoline, we then have a slot, a section, where we could put each and every one of those, and that way we never lose any of the receipts, and that helps with the taxes.
1: Thanks, Bill. What you could also do is, um, I, I don't recall the name of that pen with the stickers, What's that called? You know, you talk into this thingy and Oh yes, it's it. called the Pen friend. Yes. And uh, what you could do if you have a hard time recalling what's where, you could just put one of the stickers on each um flap in the accordion to know what you're what you're up to, what what letter you're up to, or what financial thing it is, or what receipt part it is.
0: Oh, that's great, yes, because it'll be faster. You could then just touch the pen friend to that sticker. It'll say G, and you'll know that that column there is for G, gasoline, or something like that.
1: Good idea, Susan. But the other thing I was going to say is, um, as far as um, banks and brokerage houses are concerned, I, when I need to write a check and I can't um, see what I'm writing, I will just go into my bank and have the manager of the bank write it with a witness, and then I'll sign it. And then if they actually write the envelope for me, and I'll just mail it out. And the other thing is you can... um, If you use a Visa card or a Master or one of those credit cards, there's a lot of companies that have access by phone where you can pay your bill over the phone if you just type in your credit card numbers. Um, And that's fairly... That's fairly um stable, you know,
0: oh really, so I could call my telephone company and pay my telephone bill on the telephone correct oh, I didn't know that that's that's good news too. Thank you. Does anybody else out there have any other uh, nice suggestions, or does anybody have any experience with what they call the Apple pay? I know that Apple now has a program where you could use your cell phone and pay for different transactions at the grocery store or the restaurant. Has anybody tried Apple Pay? Well I guess not yet. I think that very soon though we will be finding more and more people will do that. Because I, I think see you're that you're ahead of your time, Bill.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I do have to say so some of the apps on the iPhone are very helpful, like um the money, you know, the money identifier it's very fast if you know how to hold your money and how far you need to hold the phone from your money. Um, and there uh, there are also color identifiers that you can buy. I, the, the name um, of it, I, I don't remember. But yes. So if you don't know what color your clothes are, you can just hold your iPhone up to your clothes and it'll tell you what color it is.
0: Yes. Those applications are just amazing. The currency one for the iPhone, is the one that I use, is called the Look, Tell Money Reader. And I believe that the color one is also by Look, Tell. But you're right. They are very, very accurate in telling the color. And I'll tell you one thing. They are more accurate than the color vision of many men. Because about <laughs> one out of every 12 men has a color vision problem. And they don't see colors properly. So this is a way that they won't make the mistake of wearing a burgundy and a magenta or anything like that by mismatching. Let's see, does anybody else have any other suggestions or comments or questions? Okay, well, I want to thank all of you so much for attending all of these lectures this year. Uh, We know that this coming year, 2015, we're going to be having a whole entire new list of lectures, and many of the people that I will be interviewing will be the authors from our book, Insights into Low Vision, so that you could learn more in depth about those techniques and recommendations that they offer. I'd like to thank very, very much Mr. Dick Burden and Joe Yurka from Air's Alley for recording these each month. And they, again, will be up at www.airsla.org and also at www.cclvi.org. And lastly, I'd like to wish all of you a very, very safe, very happy, and a very prosperous holiday season until we get to see each other again next year. So once again, thank you all very, very much from the bottom of my heart for attending and we look forward to being together again next year. Good night, everybody.